0: mission. <laughs> hey,
1: thanks for listening to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alton with Mr. Brian Terry. Why don't you go and give us a call. It's 499-9526 and of course that's area code 225 just in case you happen to be outside our calling area.
2: That's right and we're still giving away the free t-shirt for the farthest caller Absolutely. today. Absolutely. On the you air. Give
1: us a call and just be sure you tell the producer who answers the phone where you're calling and he will be sure to get your address written down, I think. <laughs>
2: Alright, got, got the a thumbs,
1: thumbs up, up there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get that Sent right out to you. Just Gil's call. It's 499-9526. And, of course, I know a lot of folks listen on Stitcher or iHeart, right. those streaming-type things. If you're listening on iTunes and you're not getting a live feed, you have to wait till I put it on there, which will okay. be this afternoon, probably about 2, 3 o'clock. So, I guess... They're not listening live, anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They'll know by 2 or 3 o'clock. That 2 or 3
1: o'clock, you'll know. That's right. That's it. But Yeah, go ahead and give us a call. We'll be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. And just in case you don't care to call in or something occurs, to you after to off the air.
2: That's right. You can get all the free information, unbiased free information that you need for that's your right. vehicle by going to our website. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Easy way to remember that is take the acronyms. Arthur Garage Company. That's right. Get you to our site. There's a contact bar on every page. Use the form on the site. Mm-hmm. Send Lewis an email any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you within 24 hours.
1: That's right. And don't mind that at all. Don't ever feel like you're being a bother or an imposition. Just go ahead and send it to me. I'll get you an answer back and give you whatever information you need. There you go. Of course, while you're on the site, you want to peruse around. There's tons and tons of things on there, over a million words of text on that site. So there's something there just about for everybody. There you go. We've got the vehicle questions, which is just kind of a short, to the point answer to a direct question. Like, for instance, what does the W in 10W30 mean?
2: Right. And if you, you just ever wondered, go to the search bar and type in. Give us a word
1: w, <laughs> w. all right even better that's right no you can put in viscosity or something like that of course now if you want to understand what all viscosity is how it relates to your car what problems you have when you put the wrong viscosity in your car uh-huh. why you should use a certain type and what type you should use then you go to the detailed topics and that's going to be a much much longer article with details about those sorts of things there's one in there, should I use synthetic or conventional oil? Uh-huh. That's one a question that we get quite a bit, and a lot of folks are confused about exactly what synthetic oil is. What are the advantages of using synthetic oil? Is it something that I should be using? Right? Is it going to be a benefit to me? Because it costs a whole lot more.
2: Right. And there are some benefits and disadvantages.
1: It's not for everybody. That's correct. It is not something that everyone needs to use because it does cost considerably more and it is not going to be a benefit in every driving style. Correct. So that is an article that you could read that will tell you all about that, if you should be using it, if you should be considering it or not. Put one on there this morning on a real, real big problem. I know we've run across this many, many times. And generally the first symptom we get is that folks, their brakes will lock up on them. They're driving along and the wheel starts getting hot or smoking and they have a problem with the wheels locking up. Had no previous problem. Correct. And what has happened is that someone has inadvertently added the wrong fluid to the brake fluid. They've topped off the master cylinder.
2: And that is a problem because some of your fluids are all clear. Mm-hmm. They all have the same shade of color that's right to them and they're easily get mixed up Mm -hmm. so you really need to be careful about what you're putting into your car in the different fluids
1: and what is even more to the point a lot of the quick lubes and stuff you go to they've got folks in there who are not terribly well trained a lot of them have a lot of turnover certainly not all of them but a lot of them have a lot of turnover they don't train people very well right it's quite easy for them to inadvertently pick up a bottle of power steering fluid and add it to your brakes. Correct. Now, power steering fluid is a petroleum product, brake fluid is an alcohol product. And the results will be absolutely devastating. They will destroy the brake system.
2: Right. The petroleum actually swells the seals. Mm-hmm. And all the rubber in the brake system.
1: And normally the first thing happens, the seals in the master cylinder start to swell up, block the return ports in the master cylinder. So as the fluid starts to heat, it can't return to the master, which applies the brakes.
2: Because it has only one other direction to go. That's
1: right, which is pushing the pistons out. Right. And the wheels start overheating and locking up. So that's usually the first symptom. Now, when you get that symptom, it is way, way, way too late.
2: Exactly because <laughs> it's, because the petroleum product has, has made it all the way to the wheels to the last part of the right. rubber system in the
1: and every piece of rubber in that system will have to be replaced, correct. which is a a non inexpensive type situation, well, particularly if you have anything like braking system. Correct because it's going to take out the modulator, it's going to take out all the brake hoses, the calipers, and on and on and on. Now, if you can catch it before it gets down into there that far, you can reverse bleed the system, go to the furthest wheel, push fluid back the other way, and you may get by just putting a master cylinder on it.
2: Right, because it has definitely gotten into the master. Oh, yeah. As
1: soon as you put it in there, it's mm. into that. That's, that's right. That, that's but kind it, of a given. So It may
2: not make it any further than that if you catch it quick enough.
1: Yes, but it... The worst thing you can do is try to flush it through the system. In other words, if you go in there and start pushing your brake pedal open the bleeder screws, then then you're going to
2: contaminate the whole system. Whatever's
1: not already contaminated, certainly will be. So, good article. You might want to pop on there and see what you think. Also, we've got our code newsletter coming out tomorrow morning. Okay. So, if you're not subscribed to that, you might want to hurry up and get on that list. Second quarter? That's your second quarter. Second quarter. Exactly right. right. Go ahead and get on that list, and we will get that out to you.
2: That's right. And should you get it and... Maybe decide you don't want it anymore. You go Mm -hmm. to the unsubscribe button, and that's the last you're going to hear from us. Well,
1: every single issue at the very bottom of the sheet will have an unsubscribe button, and when you push that button, it automatically just takes you off the list. That's the end of it. And we never, ever send advertising or other junk mail.
2: No, because that's something we hate getting. Well, I hate we it. And we know other people hate getting and it, And I
1: know too. everybody else does, too, and life's too short. You don't want to go around aggravating people. You don't want to spend right. money having a website <laughs> to aggravate people. So <laughs> <laughs> something you don't want to do. So pop on there, see what you think. I think you'll really like it. And we're going our phone lines with Jimmy. Good morning, Jimmy.
3: Hey, good morning. How y'all doing today? Doing great, Good morning. Sir. Good. Look, I called y'all a couple of weeks ago. I got okay. a little 2010 Honda Accord. Okay, sir. It was under warranty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spool valve went out. I don't, don't know if you remember that call or not. Uh, that valve, that's the one that controls, knocks out a couple of cylinders when it goes on economy mode. Okay, so, sir. All uh, right. Now, it's got that that's under warranty. Now the car's back in the shop again. It okay. It's 50,000 miles on the side of the 36,000 mile warranty. Okay. Evaporator core going out in it. Wow. Yeah, I know. That is yeah, very yeah, unusual. I'm, I'm, I'm saying wow, too. I'm not real pleased with my... 2010 Honda Accord. Yeah, out. that's a little unusual, Jimmy. I, I've got to
1: say the Accords do have some problem, like most vehicles that use 134A. It's pretty common to see an evaporator cord go out, but normally you see it at about double that mileage, somewhere around 120 to 150. Uh, are they not willing to do anything for you?
3: Well, I guess not. It's that, like I said, I took the extended warranty out on it, but that was just for the powertrain. Yeah. So 36 I'm, I'm done so
1: well jimmy i'd find somebody else to work on at very least i mean i wouldn't want to reward somebody who exactly is going to sell me I, a car and then yeah. not honor the warranty on
3: it but well, it's out of mileage you know the mileage is it's, it's over 50 on the yeah on the
1: mileage. yeah but man two years old come on you know because the miles don't really matter on the evaporator core. that's strictly time that's right and you, normally what would cause something like that is some type of a contaminant was in that system probably from the get go Uh, either it wasn't evacuated out properly when it was built or some type of contaminant was in there that caused that core to eat out but you know i would want to make sure number one jimmy that they're not misdiagnosing the problem because it could just be an o-ring at the expansion valve is right there at the core
3: it could just uh, be an O-ring at the expansion valve. It looks exactly you know, just, the same. I just, I just serviced that car. And I, that, that does have the expansion valve. On it, it does. Yes.
1: Okay. Right. And it's uh, it's look, under the dash. You can't see it, but it, you have okay. to pull the core out to get to it. But okay. there's two yeah, well, valves I'm there. Do that. Yeah.
3: So, but let me ask you this: $800 hmm. the price they give me. Does that, that sound reasonable?
1: That's in the ballpark. I mean, they're a little bit high, well, they, like they're always going to be, but that's that's yeah. not too far off now. Yeah.
3: Well, if this is up for the court, cool, they're not going to do it. Because yeah. like I say, I'm not going I'm not going to let them do it. Yeah.
1: What I would do, Jimmy, I would have someone add some dye to the system. There's a fluorescent dye you can add to the yeah, system. Yeah, I know about that. And when you take the cover off the firewall, you can actually look in it with a black light and see if it's not those O-rings leaking because all they're doing, they're sticking a sniffer inside that thing and they're getting a positive right. reading, so they're telling you right. the core because they can't see the core without taking it apart. Right. Okay.
3: Well, right. I might. Thank uh, you for Thank you for that. Y'all haven't seen a whole lot of these 2010. you know? this. No, I ain't, I ain't had too much of that problem.
1: We've had some other problems. We had some of the Civics are having trouble breaking the water pump pulley on them, which I think is kind of bad,
3: but... But I'll uh, say one more big item on this car, and it's gone. <laughs> it's going on down the road. <laughs> no more Honda. No, I'm telling you. Yeah. And I don't know, might be, this this might be the end of it for me. For that. Yeah, I hear you, Jim. Yeah. Okay, All right, man. Well, thank y'all. Hey, thanks All for calling. Right, so yeah. Bye-bye. Bye
1: all nine nine five two six number if you want to be part of the automotive hour we certainly love to have you that's kind of a problem i gotta say hondas are probably one of the least problematic cars we see honda and toyota probably right. have less problems than everything but any of the newer cars including honda and toyota just in my opinion are not near what they used to be that's right way way too many big big problems at low mileage, low mileage.
2: and just well we say low mileage mileage lower than 100 but over 36 right exactly <laughs> you
1: know right outside of the warranty period. exactly but you think about how many engines we're installing now oh i know i've got two Chevrolets, an impala and a malibu with 120 000 ish on both one's got 117 right. one's got 129 with the engines going out in them yeah and neither one of them were neglected they both have been cared for it's just one of them threw a rod and the other one is got low compression and a number of cylinders and that is not unusual at all that's in one week.
2: Well, we see what, that. what was that? At 09, we had come in the other day with no oil pressure.
1: Right. Yeah, just no oil Those pressure. six
2: liter with no oil pressure.
1: And what happening, what's happening is that because cars are so expensive, you know, an average car now is close to $40,000. Correct. People are having to finance them for seven years many times. Oh, yeah. So five years, you got 110, 120,000 miles. You're out of all your warranties. And all of a sudden, you need a engine or a transmission. You still owe fifteen grand at the bank
2: yeah and now what because
1: <laughs> you ain't pay anything but interest in the first five years a you know? three
2: to five thousand dollar repair well
1: that's right and it's something to really really be careful i know we sound like a broken record a lot of times but i tell you as well, long as your old car is not giving you too much trouble
2: that's it you know we're seeing it oh yeah we're seeing it just about every day
1: i do and I, the cost of repair on the newer stuff number one they've got for the most part 18 19 20 inch tires on them right which are probably 300 bucks a copy
2: if you get a good one
1: if you get a decent tire the headlights on them may be up to 250 bucks per bulb i and, mean just, and
2: that's hoping that the yeah the transformer,
1: the transformer doesn't transformer. go out which is another yes. 500 bucks per side correct <laughs> plus you gotta take the bumper off to get to them that's right but the cost of maintaining this all this technology is just incredible for instance this tire pressure monitoring system which is kind of cool a little light comes on it tells you tires low and all well that's great except after about seven or eight years there's a little battery in that transmitter and it goes out well, it can be up to two hundred bucks per wheel. Right, eight hundred bucks worth of parts just to keep the light off on your dash.
2: And that's not saying they all go out at one time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Guy came in yesterday. Had a two thousand ten Chevy Suburban. Correct. Actually, a Yukon XL. But the all pressure light popped on, which of course on the new two tens is going to kick the check engine light on. Correct. Which means you got to fix it because you can't get an inspection sticker. The all pressure sender unit is bad right which in and the past was a $15 part took 15 minutes change
2: guess where it's located now under
1: the intake manifold
2: which means the whole top of the intake. three hour come job off. to
1: get to it that's right a $90 part <laughs> yeah. yeah and he's got like 70,000 miles on the car and check engine lights on you're not getting an inspection sticker you got to fix it that's right so that's just the kind of stuff we're seeing on a just regular 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 basis and I'm, i don't mean to Sound like a harbinger of doom and gloom. I'm just trying to warn people. Just know what you're getting into. Correct. Right. Hey, going back to the phone lines, with John. Good morning, John.
3: Morning, guys. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Got a question. I'm you looking bet. at a 05 Toyota Tundra. Uh-huh. With 38,000 original miles. Wow. Okay. This thing is thick and span.
1: Okay.
3: Runs like it runs great. Mm-hmm. My two questions. Yeah. Is the all pressure gauge? Man, that's saying the all pressure gauge uh, at idle runs you know, just the very first kick on the gauge, about a quarter or maybe a third of the gauge. Okay. And when you give it gas, yeah. it comes up. It yeah. Comes John, up a-
1: if you used to drive in American cars.
4: Yeah. I okay.
1: Am. American cars run a lot more oil pressure than Jap cars do. But huh? an American car, generally you can have around 40 pounds of oil pressure at an idle. A Jap car may go down to 20 pounds at an idle. For the most part, if you've got basically 10 PSI of pressure per 1,000 RPMs, you're okay. That's, that's all it's going to require. They do not run as much all pressure as what the domestic cars run. So if you've got 20 pounds of pressure in idle,
3: something like, yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's good. I mean, as long as it's up, maybe a quarter of the way, it's not going to sit a halfway like a lot of gauges do. You got to remember too. see on a Ford and even a new GMs, when you're looking at all pressure gauge, you're not looking at a gauge at all.
2: It looks like a gauge.
1: It looks like a gauge. All it is is an indicator. It's got a switch. And zero goes to zero, any pressure at all
2: kicks it to halfway. Right. To make you think oh, you got a lot of all pressure. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that confuses a lot of people.
1: Yeah, like on a Ford, for instance, it's just an on off switch. And I think the off is about three pounds, five pounds, something like that. It drops to zero. Anything so above that, it goes lean- to halfway. It's not a linear
0: output, then. It's yeah, off- it is oh, not.
1: No. It's not even a variable output. It's basically, an off on.
2: Basically, it's a glorified light.
1: It's a light with a, with a needle on it, yeah. <laughs> all
3: right, well, I got, a, I got another question. Okay. All right. Uh, front driver's side. Headlight
1: is out. Okay. Is
3: that just a bulb or do you have to replace the entire
1: house? No, no, it's going to be a bulb. It comes in from the back side, John, right, and right, some of right. those are a little tough to get to.
2: Some of yeah. them you may have to take the lens out. I'm not really sure on yeah, the 5
1: I'd have to right. see how it's built, but generally it's going to be a bulb. Now, it's not an old bulb like we're used to seeing when the whole assembly came out. Yeah, right. This little bulb goes in the back, quarter turn pulls out, probably cost you yeah, about 20 yeah. bucks, but right, as right. long as. You know, the O five 5 should still be a standard halogen bulb, somewhere around 20 bucks. Now, the newer ones are going to have those xenon bulbs. Which right, are with the
2: transformers. 200 and all.
1: bucks a okay. piece.
3: Okay, all right. Anything, that V8 and that, tund- that Tundra, that O5 Tundra, uh-huh. is that a belt or a chain? How a it,
1: belt it's going to be that? a 4.7. It's going to be a belt. It's due at seven years. Yeah. Seven right. years or ninety thousand miles. Yeah, the, you're not so, going to get to the ninety thousand, but it's seven years. It's done because if, it, it breaks down over time.
2: If it hasn't been done, you might figure that into the price of the vehicle. Right. Because now it's going to it's to be on done. that
1: one, John, with that lower mileage, you might get by just putting a belt on it, maybe change the water pump, but the seals, the idlers, the tension—all that'll probably still be good because be of the low good. mileage. Yeah. Right. So right. it's not going to be quite as bad as what some are. But yeah, I would definitely change it if you close to seven years. All right, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour.
0: Details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America. We go to a press conference with General Toms. We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, Questions like uh, Is Carrot Top an android? Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done from the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. It seems like across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken, sir. I've often pondered those myself.
1: Hey, welcome back. It is us, The Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, True Tools, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Watch do you go give us calls? 499 9526. And we're going in lines with Bruce. Good morning, Bruce.
5: I have to you in a while. Well, um, thanks for calling. I just recently acquired uh, an 09 Camry. Okay. And the car looks to be in perfect shape. Okay. I just wanted to know if there's anything I should look for on the car, from out with them. Not really, Miss
1: Bruce. They pretty much as close to a problem-free car as you're going to get. How many miles you got on it?
5: 33,000.
1: Okay, low miles. The only things that are maybe a little different from the cars you've been driving, because I know you usually drive domestic stuff, it does have what they call a cabin filter on it, and those do get real dirty, and they have to be changed. I think Toyota recommends every fifteen to 20,000 miles. So, you might want to go ahead and pull that out. It'll be back behind the glove box somewhere, and it's going to probably be pretty dirty. So, you might want to go ahead and look at that. When you get to 30,000, and you say it's an 09, right? might want to look at the coolant maybe replacing the coolant in it because you're getting fairly close there. We could check the pH and tell you for certain, but you don't want to let that get because low mileage and the years go by. An 09 is probably going to have a timing chain on it, not a belt, so you're not going to have to worry about that ever. It'll last pretty much the life of the car. But really, until you get start getting up around 60 or more thousand miles, there's not going to be a whole lot of services. When you start getting up six, seven years, you might want to look at a transmission service on it. Stuff like that. But, I mean, other than changing the all change that cabin filter
5: out, that's about it. But uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm flexible enough anymore to get to the cabin <laughs> <filter>. I understand. <laughs> well, you oh. know, if you bring it
1: in, we can change the coolant and we can change that cabin filter for you real easy. Uh, if you know where it's at, it's not a big deal. It's about a 10-minute deal to change. And
2: some of them are a little more than that. Some of them are a little less than that. It just depends on how it's actually fastened behind the glove box. The glove box door. And compartment is the major problem. You got to figure out how to get that thing out of the way. Then you just take reach behind to get two clips, and the filter slides right out of the case. It's it's right. a piece of cake once you get there. Yeah,
5: Getting to it, <laughs> yeah. Once you get
2: the glove box door out the way,
5: I don't do that stuff no
2: more. Uh,
1: I right. understand. Well, run it <laughs> by Quite the shop right. like I said, We can certainly change it for you. It's no big deal. We we do them all day long.
5: All righty. I was just wondering if there was anything that that's about involve- it.
1: Okay. I would probably check the pH on the coolant. If it's up around seven and a half to eight, I'd probably wait a little while. If it's at seven, I'd probably go ahead and change it. Just maybe kind of pass your eye over everything else, do a general inspection of the car. But other than that, yeah, you're not going to probably need a whole lot.
5: And uh, one other question. Yes. I got a 07 GMC pickup. Yes, sir. It, I was in your shop a while back. And anyway, you showed me a copy of some uh, indicator on, the, on one of the heads. Of course, crack heads are a combination on those. Yes, it? sir. Yes, sir. Is it one head
4: or both of them?
5: Both. 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 Or I should say either. We've
1: rarely seen both have the problem because it's a percentage of the total that they manufactured. It certainly wasn't all. And the odds of having two on one vehicle are pretty high. However, if you're going to go to the extent of replacing one... I mean, it's about 10 minutes more labor to change the other one. Of course, the head's about 400 bucks, but...
5: Well, it doesn't matter if uh, if it ever
1: happens, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I will change both. Uh, Some people uh, do. In fact, I, I got to say probably most people just change them both and be done with it because you're right there. You got the entire top of the motor down. It's just the
5: cost of the other head. Yeah, a few more boats. Yeah. Because I love the truck. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: a good truck. And you
5: know what? It's very, very comfortable.
1: Well, what and, uh, irritates me about those trucks, Mr. Bruce, they built a really good truck. And with just a little extra effort, they could have built a world-class truck. And they just didn't put yep. the extra effort out.
5: And uh, I plan on being buried in that. <laughs>
1: <place>. <laughs> well, I hope that's an awful long
5: time from now. <laughs> well, me too. But uh, I don't plan on ever buying another one because that four-door door is nice. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I guarantee
4: you. Yes, it is. Yeah, Brian's
5: got the same truck. All right, thank you very all
1: much. Right, it's bye you. Bye. All right, Bruce, thank you. Bye bye. I four nine 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 five two six number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we've got Mark online. Good morning, Mark.
4: Hey, how you doing? Doing it? great, sir. All right, I got a couple of questions for you. First of all, well, I want to get the, the first one. Uh, I got a BMW three two uh, eight uh-huh. I. Uh huh. And I've made no request to put this, just what you call it, purple oil or something. Yeah, royal purple. Mm hmm. It's a good product. Yeah. I How long does you can actually go and drive on it? Do you have to Mark? I wouldn't.
1: To I wouldn't use it any longer than I do regular oil because the okay. entire concept behind using a synthetic oil and going longer is actually false. That comes out of the marketing department, not the engineering department. See, synthetic oil—the reason to use it is because it protects the engine much better. It cleans the engine much better, but because it cleans the engine much better, it gets dirty faster. So, if you're going to try to save money you would do better to put regular oil in it and change it more frequently. you go save money over buying the synthetic unless it calls for synthetic. Some of your BMWs and many other cars actually require synthetic because that's the only oil that meets their specifications. If that's the case, there are different price synthetics that you can use. Raw purple is a premium product at a premium price. It's good, but, you know, you do pay a premium price for it.
2: And the only thing about Royal Purple is it's not real uh, available. readily
5: available.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to get. You have to usually order it from somebody or whatever.
2: Or keep it stocked on hand at the house. As or,
1: opposed to, say, mobile one, which is just as good and way, way more. I mean, you can buy it at yeah, Walmart. Yeah, you get it you know, anywhere. It's, it's way more widely available.
2: Uh, I think we lost him.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. I think we dropped him. Let's see. We have got Randy's been holding. Good morning, Randy.
4: Hey, how y'all doing this morning? Doing great, man. Good. My wife has an 08 Honda City. Okay. And the little interior light, you know, that's you click them on one side for the driver, one side. Yeah, for the driver. yeah, I know exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the one on the pass, the driver side, went out, mm-hmm. and I cannot figure it out how <laughs> in the world you get it out. I've looked at the book, looking. Yeah, where it you got to
1: be out. real careful with that thing, Randy. But you take something like a, a knife blade, a little small knife blade, and you can actually just pry on it gently. And it's got like a rocker switch where it rocks back and forth. That will pop down. That little clear plastic lens will pop down. Right. And when it does, the bulb will be right in there. And there's a special little bulb. We buy them from Honda. The ones you buy from the parts store usually don't fit. They end up falling out and not working. But you can swing by the Honda dealer. They're about $2, $3. But, yeah, that, okay. little, that little lens will pop out of there. Just be kind of gentle with it because you can't break it.
4: Okay, so you, put, you you pry on the side that you would push up on because the other side is naturally. The
1: pivot's in line with the car. There's one by the windshield, there's one by the back seat. So what okay. I try to do is get right there about where it pivots, take just the point of the knife, and kind of just pry because it's kind of clips around a little pin. And okay. it will pop off, but like I say, you can break it if you start prying real hard. So I get on the on the front and the back of it and pry down, and one side will come down and you can pull the other side down.
4: Is there a place on the Internet like you can look and show you like step-by-step? Step, that to may very
1: it. well Pretty be. Good. Yeah, they may uh, very well be YouTube or, the inter- or Internet somewhere. Just type in like Honda. They call that a map reading light. Right. Type in Honda map reading light replacement. They may right. very well be. But uh, I changed one for a lady, came by the shop Friday. That's how I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I just took a pocket knife and just popped it right on down. Right.
4: I don't want to take a $2 line and turn into a $100 wheel. <laughs> <leaf. laughs> well, right I, guess,
1: <laughs> I guess worst case, you'd break a little lid. It's probably, probably $15, $20 easy. But yeah, it pops out pretty easy.
4: Yeah. All right, man. Okay. Appreciate it. All right, Thank you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. All Bye. right. We got time for two more calls. We got, yeah, he gave me the, I think he gave me a thumbs up. He, gave, he huh? stuck huh? a finger that's
1: in it, there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I see with you. All right. We got Craig online. Good morning, Craig.
4: Yeah, I got an 07 Camry. Okay. It's got 92,000 miles on uh-huh. it and started burning oil about a month ago. I'm not, I don't know if it's burning or what, but it's uh, losing oil. Losing you oil, know, yes, yeah, sir. Craig, did you change the type of oil you've been using or anything? Well, I think I started using that high, what is it, Yeah, high mileage oil. Yeah, I
1: hate that stuff, Craig. I wish they'd take that off the market. Number one, there's no such thing as a high mileage oil. It's just a marketing ploy. But go back to the original oil that you've always used. And uh-huh. it may actually take up and quit burning all, but cars don't like to have different brands of oil put in them. Like if you're using, say, pull a name out of the air, Quaker State, and you switch to, say, Castrol. They're both good products, but they're not compatible. They don't use the same additives. Mm-hmm. And you can make a car start using a considerable amount of oil.
2: And we see that a lot with people that go to different these little quick oil change places. because yeah. each they one own, uses a different oil. Right.
4: I would go what back the to the original oil. For- Will valve clearance affect that?
1: Because It no, no. your valve clearance every so often. No, not at all. Yeah. The only thing that'll do, and really, Craig, I have never seen the valve clearance get off of one of those unless you pull a head off or something like that. It's fixed. It's set with shims. It can't move. It's not like an adjustment that's going to slip. Yeah. But even if it got off, the most it's going to do is start tick, tick, ticking. and you'll know, making a little noise. Right. But no, that's not going to have anything to do with it. I would go back to the original oil you've been using, all this junk about high mileage and SUV all a regular all they put in a can charging you more for it because I know some people got high miles some people got SUV some people got different things they're willing to buy that junk
2: now yeah. it may take a week it may take well, a month it may take it, it may take, take a couple all changes
1: right before it gets back to normal but I would go back first off to the original all now obviously make sure it's not leaking all anywhere you know something like a rear main seal leaking yeah, or not something
4: leaking, so I know that.
1: well it can be funny Craig because you can have a leak that only leaks when it's running and not when it stopped. No, and it, it could be going down all down the road, drip, dripping drip all. But you don't see it. You park, you drive when it doesn't drip anymore.
2: Or it could be enough, and it's running out and dripping on the exhaust, and the exhaust is burning it off. That's before right. It hits the that's run. right. So I mean, well, I've seen need a to car. Be
1: yeah, I've seen a car rear main seal leak, and only leaked when the motor was running. Right. Guys swore to me it wasn't leaking all, but when yeah. I got it in, looked under it. I mean, it was all everywhere. So obviously it was leaking. We changed the rear main seal and it quit using all. But yeah, that's the first thing I do. In fact, go on my website. Go to the search bar and type in something like burning oil, uh-huh. and I've actually got an article in there all about why engines use oil, some things you can do to try to rectify it.
4: Uh, all right, man. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, man. All right,
1: sir. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526, number. If you want to part of the Automotive Hour, we're going to try to squeeze one more call in for the break. we got Mike online. Good morning, Mike.
4: Good morning. How you all doing? Doing great, sir. Great. i got a question about our 06 our Chevrolet Trailblazer. Okay. When I turn my air conditioner on, I hear a little rattling noise. Okay. I don't know if that's in my compressor. Well, or it could very well be. They have they, had, I mean, it still blows cold and everything. Yeah, might, but what you need to do is get
1: that checked because if the compressor goes out completely, there's this rattling, it means it's fixing to go out. When it comes apart, it's going to sling metal throughout that system, and you're going to take an already expensive job. You're going to turn it into an astronomically expensive job. Right. You know, you can, if, if let's say you got to put a compressor on there right now, you're probably going to be into a compressor and a condenser and a filter dryer, which right. is probably $1200, $1,400 bucks to do it right. right. If you let that compressor come apart, that's going to jump into about a $2,500 job
4: because yeah, you got to change thousand, every piece thousand, of the about. system.
1: And it will cool right up until the time it comes apart. Kind of like an engine that's knocking, it'll keep on running just fine. It's just knocking. Yeah. And I wouldn't push that. You know, if you turn the AC off, the noise goes away. Odds are it is a compressor. I mean, it could be something like the clutch. It could be the compressor's loose on the engine block. It could be the belt tensioner for the compressor. The load makes it not. None of those are really great, but, you know, if you the quicker you deal with it, the less it's going to cost you by a okay. wide margin.
4: Okay. Another question. I have 160,000 miles on Okay. It, and I was wondering does I need to change the timing belt. No, that has no belt on it. That's got a
5: chain
1: on it. It's pretty much good for the life of a truck. Okay.
4: All righty. Well, good. I'll make an appointment and get it in the
1: shop. Okay, Mike. Thanks, Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take one more quick little break and be right back with more. Chad, hang on. You'll be straight up after the break. of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClinn. Dave, the alien
0: ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO is the place
2: to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O
0: ocom Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Uh, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone number. <laughs> like you said, a highly evolved life form. <laughs>
1: Hey, welcome back. It's journalist The Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Albazam, Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, True try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Skills call 499 9526. Of course, that's area code 225 just in case you're outside of our calling area. And
4: we're going back to the phone lines with Chad. Good morning, Chad. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing great, good sir. Good morning. Hey, guys. I got a 98 Jeep Wrangler. Uh huh. It's got 240,000 miles on okay. it. It's been a, re- been a really good vehicle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The only thing I get worried about is the timing chain. Is that. What's the lifetime on that?
1: Generally, timing chains don't have a whole lot of trouble like they did at one time. Way back in the 70s and 80s, they used to use these little aluminum gears with plastic teeth or nylon teeth, and they were kind of bad about dry rot and cracking. I can't tell you the last time I saw a timing chain go out. Most of them have got metal gears with roller chains. They're running it all, so... I mean, the odds of them going out are pretty slim.
2: What usually takes a chain out on a modern vehicle is that the tensioner is actually run by the oil pressure. Mm-hmm. And being that whoever may have in, put the wrong oil in it, the tensioner is not getting the correct amount of oil pressure right. start up. And it'll actually let the chain start slapping and it'll beat the guides all to pieces. That's right. And then the chains will get slack in them. But on that 98, you shouldn't have that in that engine. That's a four liter? Yes, sir.
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't believe that that one has a, a tensioner. On it. tensioner as far as uh, yeah, some, some of the
1: modern vehicles with the overhead cam engines, like your Ford four six and your five four, if you use a cheap oil filter, like Brian said, the oil will drain back to the pan overnight when you crank it up. The tensioners are dry, so it yanks on the chain. But yeah, that engine's not going to be affected. Uh, I would be surprised, Chad, if you had any problems with that thing. You know, if you have to go into that area anyway, like for instance, let's say you were changing the water pump or you were changing the timing cover seal and you want to go ahead and pull the cover off and change it, it's not that big a deal. It's probably a three- or four-hour job, and they don't cost that much. But, I mean, I wouldn't go in just to change the diamond chain. I don't believe I don't think I'd worry about it.
4: All right. All right. Thank you. Okay, man.
1: Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we'd love to have you. That's one of those things that you just don't see a lot of trouble with other than, like you said, on the, the 4.6 and the 5.4.
2: Right, with the wrong oil, the wrong viscosity oil in it. Wrong oil
1: or wrong oil or filter. Wrong filter. That's generally what caused that. Same thing on like the little Toyota 22RE engine great little engine lasts forever, but if you didn't put Toyota all filters on it, you could end up
2: oh, yeah. timing
1: chain rattling on them pretty good. I've seen
2: those actually go so far until the timing chain slapped the cover yeah. and wore a hole through the aluminum right. cover.
1: That's right. it the cover. It's and still either running. either start leaking oil or start leaking water into the oil right. one or the other. Still running. Yeah, that's right. Just kicking on the
2: Yeah, I tell you, that little 22 oil <laughs> was hard to kill, man. <laughs> that was, they were hard to kill.
1: That was the engine, I guarantee you. Hey, going back out phone lines with John. Good morning, John.
4: Guys. Good morning, sir. Hey, listen. I bought a '97 Ford F one hundred and fifty. I think it's a four point six. I bought it new in '97. Uh huh. Got about a hundred and five thousand miles on it. Okay. A few months ago, it started whenever I'd crank it up. It's cold. That serpentine belt for Okay. Was about two seconds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I changed the belt. It didn't didn't fix it. I okay. changed the tensioner, idler arm, and the pulley. I yep. didn't stop it, and I changed the tensioner. Uh huh. Uh, pulley. It still does. Once it's warmed up, I can shut it off and it doesn't do it anymore.
1: i, I tell you what you need to do, John. Just to be sure you're diagnosing that correctly, take uh-huh. that belt off of the engine tonight. Just take okay. it completely off. In the morning, crank it up and see if the noise is gone. Because uh-huh. if it is that belt, that noise won't be there in the morning. Now, if that noise is still there, we got something other than the belt causing the
4: noise. Okay. Well, I took that breakover bar, you know, and released the pressure and went around to all the pulleys. Yes, you know, sir. Uh-huh. To turn them- uh-huh. And the only one I had a little bit had a little bit of resistance was the power steering pulley. It was I had to kind of pull on it to get it to turn. Yeah, now it doesn't chatter when I turn. It doesn't squawk. anything. Yeah. it was the only pulley that kind of had a little bit of a bind in it.
1: John, I tell you what, I have seen a lot of things that will make a noise like that first thing in the morning, sound just like a belt and not be a belt.
4: Uh-huh. So
1: the first step, like I said, just take the belt off and see if the noise is gone. Okay. If the noise is gone, okay, well, we're into a belt or a belt-driven accessory, so then we start looking deeper. But okay. if the noise is still there, then we've eliminated that completely. And, and when we need to start safe. looking at other things. The timing chain, like we were talking about just a second ago on that modular engine, has got two plastic guides in there and two tensioners. And that can make a noise that, when it first starts out, it can sound a lot like a belt. Now, later on, it'll start rattling, and you'll know it ain't a belt. It, it'll, it'll be much worse, but let's just make sure we got a proper diagnosis on it.
4: Okay, all right. So if, if I take that belt off and crank it up, it still squalls it. Then you got, you got something else. Could mm-hmm. time and it, it could be
1: timing chain. It could be any number of things. I even ran across one time a car that the exhaust pipe would move against the exhaust manifold and for some reason only did it when it was ice cold. I guess maybe after the heat it up, it tightened it up enough, but I tightened the two bolts at the exhaust flange and stopped it. But every morning when you crank it up, it sounded like a belt. Ah, and it was when the motor cocked over. That pipe moved against the exhaust manifold. Yeah. Huh. So you can get in a lot of crazy things. You just want to make sure you, you're chasing the wrong dog, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, guys. I appreciate John, it. John, hang on, and I'm going to get the producer. You calling from Florida? Yeah, well, I live in Florida. I'm uh, now headed towards Lafayette. Well, i tell you what. If you want to hold on and give me your address, I'll get you an Agco T-shirt if you're the furthest caller.
4: Hey, that's, I appreciate it.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Hang on, man. All right. All right. There you go. All right. But yeah, I have been fooled by that before. can get things like, for instance, the clutch on the AC may even engage when it first cranks up and right. slip and make a belt kind of a noise. Well,
2: and you go by diagnosing it the correct way. You yeah. take the belt off, the noise is gone. You've eliminated the belt. You've eliminated all the accessories. All the, accessories. Right. the noise is still there. It,
1: it, that's right. If noise is still there. We run across that problem on the four liter Ford engine a lot because they have a part in there called a camshaft synchronizer.
2: And what it, its job is, is it synchronizes the cam. It's just like a distributor.
1: It is exactly like except, a distributor. even looks like one. Except
2: the top of it's cut off and there's no cap and yeah, no wires on they it.
1: They just whacked off the cap and the wire. That's it. Put a cap,
2: put a sensor on the top of it and put it right back and in the same hole. That
1: is pretty much what they did is they had a distributor type engine. Rather than redesign the whole engine, they just put a synchronizer in there and let that fire the computer, Correct. signal to the computer. But when the shaft in that synchronizer gets dry you will get a screech, 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 Sounds
2: just like a belt. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. And most of the time when folks come in, they have changed all the belts on the vehicle. Right. And
2: they still got noise. <laughs> yep, I couldn't. I was standing here trying to remember what the engine that was. But. Yeah,
1: it's on your 4-liter, and there may be a couple. I think some of the Rangers have a different engine that have a synchronizer also. But that shaft, I guess, is supposed to be lubricated internally in the engine somewhere, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't get enough oil in there. Right, it and dries out, dries out, boy. It'll go to skee, 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 skee. I mean, yeah. it sounds, sounds precisely just like a, like a belt. Yeah, it's hard. In fact, it's hard to convince people sometimes that it's not a belt.
2: <laughs> right, you actually got to take the belt off, crank the vehicle up, and show them. Hey, look, right, see, belt's not on it anymore. No
1: well, and most time when we get those cars in, they come in, they've already got new belts on them. Right, and they still got the noise. So they are saying, well, <laughs> you've already spent some money, and it still got the same problem. Now to bring it to us to, to try to get it diagnosed. Right. That's the key, I guess, to almost any kind of repair is to properly diagnose the problem. Go ahead and spend a little bit of extra time up front. Correct. I remember back when I was doing some woodwork, I, I've never been a carpenter, I used to do a lot of woodwork, but there's the old saying, you know, measure twice and cut once. Correct. And they were talking about wood because once you cut that board too short, <laughs> that's the beauty part about working with metal. Yeah, metal you just weld it just on weld up, weld it back together,
2: start over.
1: <laughs> but with wood, once it's chopped just a little bit too short, that's
2: it. That pretty, piece is too short. Pretty much
1: done. We use it somewhere else. That's it. Go but Get another one. Same thing with diagnosis. The reason for diagnosis is that it is a lot less expensive than changing parts. And it's a lot more fruitful because you can actually, with the quality of parts on the market today, get a part that is worse than the one you had.
2: Oh, definitely.
1: And actually create another problem.
2: And then it creates another problem, and before long, you're... You
1: get off on a tangent of spending right. money, and like I told a guy in the shop the other day, he said, you're going to run out of money way before you run out of guesses. <laughs> I, I guarantee
2: you, I've seen that. Yeah, and you're you, going to end up having somebody diagnose it professionally Well, that's, anyway, that's right. Because you're going to so, get frustrated with
1: it. Well, sooner or later, you're right. run out of money, but yeah, you just the only reason to check it out is to know what is wrong and with a systematic approach you can eliminate a whole lot of money being spent
4: sure you can so
1: hey we're gonna take a quick little break and we'll be right back with more in the automotive hour
4: to west. travel my way take the highway that's the best Again. There are
1: reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClinn.
0: Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO
2: is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's
0: A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Uh, They heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone number. (laughs) Like you said, a highly evolved life form.
5: Off the river to rock. don't mind it, cause the man with the whiskers has a lot behind it. But hey, it welcome back
0: to the, the
1: final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alders, and president of Acco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here with me. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call. Don't be shy. That's right. Old car won't stop, won't start, squeaking, squealing.
2: Give us a call. That's right. We got a few minutes left,
4: we got, got a line open oh, for man, you. Oh, man, we got plenty of
2: time left. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah, you just us, We're going to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. We were talking a little earlier to a gentleman with the AC compressor with right. the rattle. And air conditioning is one of those things that you get one chance to diagnose and repair the problem properly. And then it sort of goes to infinity after that. Right. Like Deming, you say, off to the moon. <laughs> because the expense gets so high if you screw it up the first time that it literally will total the car out. Wow. I had a guy in the shop earlier this week, and his compressor went out. Well, he got some Jughead to stick a rebuilt compressor on there, did not do a job of diagnosing it or clean the system up. Well, it lasted six to eight months, went out again. Well, now the system is so heavily contaminated with metal that unless he wants to cough up 2,500 bucks, he better either learn to live without air conditioning, which in South Louisiana is all but impossible.
2: Yeah, it's not going to say impossible. Yeah, but, uh,
1: very, very difficult.
2: Very difficult. I don't want to do it.
1: <laughs> go trade the car, which again is pretty difficult because sure. nobody wants a car without air conditioning.
2: Sure. You're maybe, not going to get much Maybe part. you can take it to
1: Maine <laughs> and sell it. But yeah, what happens is that a compressor never just goes out. Correct. You've got a precision machined device, which is running in oil all the time. It doesn't just go out. When it goes out, something caused it to go out. Now, some of the things that cause them to go out, one is you get a little hole in the evaporator core, the refrigerant leaks out, and the oil leaks out with it. You put more refrigerant in, but But you don't put more oil. Now the system runs out of oil and burns up. That's one possibility. Another very common possibility is that the fans, the cooling fan on the condenser, if it's an electric fan, either it quits working or quits working properly. If it's a mechanical clutch fan, the clutch goes out.
2: Right. We see that a good
4: bit.
1: All the time. Now, what happens is that the first thing the driver knows is that the car starts getting warm. So, they turn the AC up and it gets warm. It's not blowing cold. Well, a lot of folks, for whatever reason, they either add some more refrigerant to it or take it somewhere. Who adds more refrigerant? Well, you already had a system that was fully charged. With the fan not working, the head pressure is sky high. That's not why it's not cooling. It's probably up around 390 to 400 PSI. Right. When you put additional in there, you have vastly overcharged the system, which will blow the compressor apart.
2: Right, because you've actually run at 400 pounds up to about five or 600 pounds. That's right. And, and either the system it, is not designed to handle no, that.
1: It, at very least, if it's an aluminum compressor, which virtually all of them are, it's going to swell the case. All the internal blow components the start rubbing together and it's going to come apart. Right Now, once the compressor fails, what happens is that the first place it goes from the compressor is to the condenser. All of that metal, trash, and debris is going to get blown into that condenser. Now, on an R134A system, the passageways on that condenser are probably about a sixteenth of an inch in diameter, and they're probably about a quarter of a mile long uh-huh. because they snake back and forth, back and forth, back and forth across the of that car. If you ever looked at one of those tubes, a cross-sectional view of it, it's a bunch of little tiny holes side by side, and they're going back and forth, back and forth like a serpentine. Correct. Well, metal that gets into the condenser is not going to come out easily. You're not going to be able to flush it out. You're not going to be able to clean it out. There is no way to clean that metal out of that condenser. But what happens is you go in, you think you cleaned it up, you put a new filter dryer, you put another compressor on it, and as soon as a particle, that metal, makes its way through that condenser, it goes through the system, it goes over. Now, when it hits the evaporator, that's a great big old hole, so, so it, it goes, goes right, right on through. through. That's right. Eventually, it finds its way back to the compressor. Now, there's an orifice tube in the middle, which is kind of like a little filter, but it will go through there.
2: It'll catch some. Won't Once catch all.
1: it goes through that orifice tube and gets back to the compressor. It's kind of like taking a bolt and dropping it down the throttle body of your engine. Right. It's going to destroy it. Now, once that compressor comes apart, it's going to pretty much just dump more metal in there. So now the situation just gets exponentially worse. Because now not only have you torn up another compressor or finished finishing this one off, the expansion valve is full of metal. If you got dual air, which a lot of cars have.
2: Right. You've also contaminated the rear, rear expansion
1: valve. It just it just gets to where it's almost impossible That's to right. repair.
2: Because that oil and that refrigerant
1: cycle, cycle that
2: the whole system and comes back to the compressor. It starts at the compressor and it ends at the compressor. Mm-hmm. And whatever it picks up, it takes it through the entire system. That's right. And the rear evaporator is built just like the front one.
1: It is. Most of the time, the rear is going to have an expansion valve rather than an orifice tube, so there's no filter back there. It's going to stick the expansion valve. Right now, when that happens, it's going to quit cooling. If you're lucky, so you'll know something's wrong because all the refrigerant just being pumped into a loop rather than actually dropping pressure like it's supposed to. But the point is, compressors don't just go bad. Something causes there's them to a go bad. For them. That's right. So. What you have to do, is absolutely imperative that you get a proper diagnosis of why this occurred. Most of the time, you either got a leak in the system that's leaking the oil out, or you've got a fan that's not working properly, or a plug condenser, or something, a restriction in the system, right. a bad expansion valve, something that caused the compressor to go out. When you just go in and stick another compressor on there, is going to go out again. You've absolutely wasted all that time, money, and effort, and you've made it a lot, lot worse. Exactly. Because now you have all the contaminants of both compressors strewn Strewed through the system. Right,
2: <laughs> right. And some of your vehicles actually have two fans on them. One That's right. runs cooling fan when the engine gets hot, and mm-hmm. the other one runs for air conditioning.
1: Well, and we get that a lot of times because folks will say, well, it's not running hot. Right. Well, it may not ever run hot. That's right. It's just the head pressure's going sky high, and you can't see that. Exactly. So. Just a little word of warning. Be sure whoever repairs your air condition does a proper job of diagnosing and does a complete repair. You don't want to spend more than you have to, but you darn sure don't want to spend less than you should have. That's right. Hey, you want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on
2: Automotive Hour? Like, thank all our podcasters for listening this week and That's every right. week. Go to iTunes and give us a rating.
1: That's right. And of course, we appreciate a star rating, but we even appreciate a writ rating even that much more. There you go. That'll move us up in the ranking so we can get more folks listening. There you go. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.